Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Why Part PH's podcast. I am here. My name is Dax Olfinda, one of the members of Why Part Philippines, and with me is our country representative, Mr. Jim Cano. Jim, can you greet our listeners? Hey, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to have this uh, initiative. I'm very happy to hear mm-hmm. that there is this kind of platform where we can talk about our passion mm-hmm. for youth in agriculture and I believe that you know this is one way for us to amplify <laughs> our advocacy. Yes, indeed. And um, counting uh, background lang for our listeners, you know, I, I met Jim way way back in uh, 2015 and we attended a uh, training on utilization utilizing social media for agricultural in the in the agricultural research context um we we became um, reporters social uh, media reporters yes. um as part of the youth contingent there and this is just merely a continuation of that um now we are adapting to newer forms of social, social media, media true and this is one of them this is uh we are now um recording a podcast um we are recording this may 27 at 9:43 p.m. In the Philippines, we are here at Los Banos Laguna, Waipart, Philippines headquarters. And <laughs> okay, yes. and we are also live streaming on Kumu, another uh, Filipino platform. Um, okay, so now we are here to we are here basically to start this podcast, and we want to bring agriculture to a whole different audience, and we want um, people to. This basically this podcast aims to inform people about agriculture. Um, what are the different uh, avenues that we have? Uh, what else? What What else do you think that um, we can share to the people about agriculture? Well, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. Agriculture. Agriculture is very wide um, this area of discussion, but with Whitepart particularly, uh, the focus is how do we engage young people again to agriculture mm-hmm. that, that, that's one of the most important questions that we're trying to to address mm-hmm. um, um, with the with the growing population with the need for food security food and nutrition security in the coming decades decreasing land area because of climate change but then there's also a dwindling interest nawawala ang interest ng mga kabataan with regard to agriculture how do we balance that we're we're on a tight mm-hmm. rope we're trying to balance the 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 interaction of these things so one of the things that i'm what we what we promote uh, we want to promote agriculture in such a way that it actually is more than just farming agriculture is beyond the farm agriculture is a whole value chain it starts with the the technologies behind it developed by research taught by professors in the academe disseminated to students and then also exchanged and polished through the discussion between knowledge generators knowledge initiators and also stakeholders from the community where the community also gives feedback and this is what we call agricultural extension and advisory services and in that you have a all of that is actually operating under an environment of agricultural policy so agricultural policy is the environment that where all of these are 
engaging and, and interacting. Business is also a very crucial component of that of that whole system where business enables the trade, economics, the finance, and etc. of all these things. And so one of the 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 way we package our our promotion of Whitepard Philippines is that we want to promote it that young people can actually be in agriculture, not necessarily just in farming, but also they can be in the academy, they can be in research, they can be in extension and advisory services, they can be in agricultural policy, they can be in agribusiness. And why do we why do we promote it this way? Because even in the academy there is a decline in terms of how many how many young people are getting and also going into the faculty positions. In the research area, especially in the context of the Philippines, there are also government agencies and even research government and government research institutions that are lacking in the number of masters or PhD holders that are specifically, especially in the context of, say for example, the coconut industry. We have we have government agency and a government agency that is dedicated toward coconut industry and there are not enough PhD holders that are actually that are actually you know addressing or dealing with the needs for research. So mm-hmm. all these things, extension and advisory services, there are so many modalities now, especially with social me- social media. Mm-hmm. How do we maximize all of this? And young people have a natural knack for using all these technologies yes. and communication gadgets, whatever. And so now it would be the best time for young people even mm-hmm. to engage in extension and advisory services using social media. So that's only one. And and policy advocacy, you know, our our our, advo- our advocacy in white part is that white agriculture is very political. It's a very political um, industry, you know. Yes. Um, there are a lot of politics involved in the lot of, uh, trade. To go through. <laughs> yes, there are obstacles, there are barriers, and a lot are very are very much dependent on policy, the the issues on trade, imports, all these things, and most of the time we don't have young people who are actually sitting at the crucial decision making, mm-hmm. lobbying for. Policies, agricultural policies so, that will affect them directly. So you could say that there is a lack of uh, representation at that level. Yes, yes, and, definitely. And which is uh, quite ironic, really, because um, the decisions that that they um, they um, they apply or they enact, um, the ones that are directly affected are us. Yeah, <laughs> and interestingly, the laws that will be established or enacted, yeah. It will affect our generation and the generations after us. That means your children mm-hmm. and your children's children. And so if we don't have young people represented or giving their voice towards agricultural policies that actually affect them and their kids, then what are we talking about in terms of food security then mm-hmm. if we are saying that if we're leaving the ball... Uh, in the court, in of the court <laughs> of of the older generations who who will not mo- they will still be affected but will not be as as much, much as, as affected a- as we will be, so that and and agribusiness is a is a driver it's a driver in the agricultural industry and so we really promote uh, the the use of 
private sector engagement also for agricultural mm-hmm. promotion. And, and that's one of the things that also DAX and even some of our colleagues in Whitepart are are very much into you know, mm-hmm. using business. Okay, so we've been talking about Whitepart and Whitepart Philippines. So can you uh, tell everybody in the podcast and on the live stream, what, what is Whitepart? What is it about? Well, Whitepart is basically an... We're an international network, and we we are giving voice to young professionals, particularly young professionals. And the way Whitepart um, delineates, delineates, yes, <laughs> or at least defines young professionals for youth, would be eighteen to forty years old. Okay. So you're looking at probably just just graduated or still in college, in, maybe still in university. Still in university. Yeah. And up to those who are kind of like in their mid of the mid stage of their career already, forties. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, that that's a very broad definition of, of youth, youth because you the United Nations would say it's eighteen to thirty five. In the Philippines, it's up, the to, Philippines, 30 it's up to thirty years old. And you know, <laughs> we found out. We found out. Yeah. So if you want to represent youth, you have to be below thirty. Below years thirty old. years old. As we found out. Yeah. So. Um, there's a, there are all those definitions, but with white part, what we want to say is that we're trying to engage eighteen year olds to forty year olds, and we want to say that they can have a voice in the discussion of agricultural development. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the 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 word white part, there the R there back then used to stand for research, but then mm-hmm. eventually we had to drop that and just say agricultural development because. Mm-hmm. We had to be more inclusive mm-hmm. because there are a lot of pro- young professionals in agriculture that are not just in, in research, research yes. but also in other subsectors, which is what we discussed a while ago. Okay, so now that um, Jim has given a brief rundown of YPART Philippines, so c- can you briefly also tell us about the programs that YPART Philippines has done in, um, in, pursuing, um, pr- in the pursuing the promotion of um, agriculture for the youth? Yeah, so we, we've had uh, different um, engagements. Most of them are very much advocacy-related, uh, us mm-hmm. representing in certain talks. Uh, we've had colleagues who joined conferences to speak and be the youth mm-hmm. representatives at yes. that conference. So we've had several of that since the time we've been established, we've established in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have that, that... I think bulk, uh, the, one of the biggest things that we had was last year, we got funding from the Global Forum for Agriculture Research mm-hmm. to run a mentoring program. And we, we have that idea, along with the global unit of Whitepart, that for us to effectively have that change, there has to be somehow that intergenerational responsibility. Mm-hmm. And this means that Especially in agriculture, there has been so much divide in terms of the age that there was not, there were no clear transfer <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of knowledge, knowledge wisdom, yes. and experience to the next. This generations. was um, observed also during the, the the conference that where we met, like, yes. like in Bangkok. That was way back in twenty fifteen. They observed that um, there are two distinct age groups there. Yes, um, the youth contingent was there, but then there's also these uh, very senior sciences. Yes. True. Um, and there was this huge, um, there was like a huge age gap wherein there was nobody like in the, in the middle. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So you, that, that's a clear example of, you know, the lack of 
of mentoring or deliberate and intentional mentoring mm-hmm. in the agricultural sector. And I think that's some that's that's a principle or even a value that we need to promote further that the older generation needs to pursue in in transferring their wisdom and experience and knowledge. Yes. But even then, even the young people need to have that kind of perspective that mm-hmm. they're not we are not no we don't know it all. We don't so know everything. We don't know everything. We <laughs> yes. need to be Open-minded, you know? <laughs> open-minded. As yes. much as, as as negative as it has that, you know, it has a connotation already. Yeah, we still have to be open-minded somehow to to those kinds of discussion that we can still learn from the wisdom and experience of, of the older generations. Of course, and those are the foundations of future endeavors mm-hmm. for us. And of course, uh, we in Wipart endeavor that um, that um, that occurrence wherein there was no. Um, immediate transfer of yeah. um, insights, knowledge, and everything. We hope that it doesn't happen when it's our turn to be True. when we become these senior guys. Of course, of course, we will get there eventually, yeah. and we hope that in between. And what that's and one and this is one of the major reasons that we're doing this is because we want to encourage people as early as now to get into agriculture because, of course, someday we would need to transfer whatever we know yeah. to somebody somebody closer to our age, and we hope that this could be one of the avenues True. where you can hear about um, what is going on in the world of agriculture from a youth perspective, of course. Yes. And now, um, Jim, so... Let me, let me okay. add one more. Um, okay. you know, another, another initiative that we did that is actually unique is the Agri-Arts Initiative oh. of Wipart. Yes. You know? And uh, we have our colleague in Wipart, Grace, who, mm-hmm. who's done a huge amount of effort in this in this <laughs> direction and so much credit goes to her for really taking that banner and what is agri arts initiative well, the the gist basically is we want to utilize the arts whether it be theater musical music you know be it posters anything art related we want to use art to communicate the need for young people in agriculture yes. and the biggest Achievement so far, and the peak of what we've done with the Agri Arts Initiative was that we produced a two-hour musical production mm-hmm. uh, back in 2017. We were funded by the Office for Initiatives on Culture and the Arts of the UP Los Banos University of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Los Banos, we got funding from them. Uh, White Part partnered with UP Broadway Company and several other organizations, theater organizations, and. We developed a two-hour and 30 minutes uh, musical production that conveyed the story of how young people have the solution for agricultural issues. Mm -hmm. And we did that through play, through music, and we even had our colleague Darwin, Mm -hmm. uh, the music who served as the musical director. director. And we wrote 16 original songs for that musical. Wow, 16 original songs. 16 original songs. That's like one album already. Already, yeah. And and the the target audience were high school students. Mm -hmm. So we had two days of two shows per day. So that's a total of four shows all in all. And we had high school students almost about 1,200 high school students in the span of two days who wow, saw that. And we, we, we had, we captured their attention. And, you know, that's one thing that, we, that gave us an idea that, wow, you know, this can go further. Mm-hmm. We can do more eventually. And 
you know, that's one of the initiatives that those are one of the that is one of the initiatives that Wipeard would really want to pursue and go for in the upcoming years. And yes, um, um, now let's um, let's talk about the Wipeard uh, community. So the people that. Okay, take a deep breath. It's okay. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the people um, within Wipeart. Of course, we have our international colleagues also. Yeah, so yeah. Um, let's, uh, um, let, um, let me remind you guys that Wipeart is an international community. Um, with how many, um, would you have any idea of the numbers? How many chapters? How many um, country chapters? We have approximately 70 plus chapters already. Country chapters. Country chapters around mm-hmm. the world. We have about 13 or 14 in Asia Pacific, mm-hmm. um, so back in 2015, we reorganized uh, Wipeart Asia into Wipeart Asia in the Pacific, and I'm very happy to say that uh, I was one of the uh, facilitators who actually got in the first Pacific country chapter into Wipeart Asia mm-hmm. Pacific. We had Solomon Islands as the first Pacific island. Wow. Okay. So um, within this network. Um so we are all, we are all agricultural professionals, not necessarily agriculturists, but people yes. who work in the field of yeah. agriculture. Like, yeah. um, because like we said, there's it's a huge field. Um, it includes um, um, food processing, um, farming, yeah. Yeah. and all of this. Um, what else um, can it? What else field? Um, what well, field can I think of? Harvest. There's yeah. the use of IT, even you know, IT data science. It's all useful in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Mapping, mapping, GIS, <laughs> remote sensing. So, name it. You have it. In so, agriculture. It, um, agriculture is a very broad field, far from the image that we have of it of uh, people riding a caravan. <laughs> yeah, backbreaking. Backbreaking work. Well, that's still there, but then it's yes. it's more than that. It's more. It's much much more than that. And and this platform, white part, allows us to interact with. Uh, other similar and like-minded people from around the globe and we are allowed to share experiences we are allowed to share our our uh, passion for it we are also allowed to share our downfalls our yeah our trials and we are we learn from each other and that is one of the major benefits of joining white part you get insights from yeah. different parts of the globe how their situation is there and maybe you can use the success stories and mm. and adapt to adapt it to your own situation right yeah yeah so in the context of globalization, you know, Wipeart is is a vehicle, especially for mm-hmm. for change in terms of agricultural development. Because if you look at history, it's always been conversations that spark uh, radical change. Mm-hmm. And so Wipeart is an avenue for conversations that actually yes. can spark change. change. And and it's it's a very it's a very uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, how do you say it? it's a it's a, it's a Privilege to yes. be able to engage with people who are very senior, people who are director mm-hmm. generals of research institutions. Yes. You get, get to talk to even ambassadors, yes. U- UN member states, and even researchers you never knew you'd ever come across. <laughs> you know, so yes. uh, Dax has had that experience. We have a, f- f- a couple of our colleagues who's been to China, who's been to. Uh, South conferences Africa. in South Africa, in Asian Development Bank hosted conferences. Yes. So we've had a, a wide range of exposure, and Wipeart is a great place for you to expand your horizon in terms of understanding agricultural development. So, yeah, I mean, Wipeart for me personally has been really a great, um, great platform for me to use. I have been 
blessed to, to attend these um, these events, meet these people across the globe, and you know, finding out that we are not so different. We we share the we share similar problems since time immemorial, and yeah. we are try, all of us are trying to find solutions to to the global problem, which is feeding the world. So yeah. now, um, can you discuss um, in specifics um, what what YPARP PH is doing? Doing um, what is it? What is it? Program? Mm. Do you have a program for that, or do you have like um, objectives for for the country? Well, initially, uh, the discussions, and you know, this is an open space for us to discuss. Yes, we really want um, an avenue where young people in the country, in the Philippines, mm. can come together, and we'd love to see a youth-initiated mm -hmm. um, agricultural. Conference, you know, that's that's, are, a, that's one of our like dreams, of right there. Dreams right there, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and you know, um, we're saying this for the record, so that you know, if people want to, hi guys, <laughs> come in and work uh, with us and try to find ways how to get that uh, fleshed out. Mm -hmm. We'd Make love to work. Yeah. We'd love to work with you guys if you if you're very much interested. Do do message us or something, um, but that's that's one, and the next is actually to. We really want to have some, some kind of really close and direct interaction with policymakers. Um, mm -hmm. We want to see uh, where we're, we have connections to, to certain congressmen and senators who, who are actually working on agriculture, uh, especially in the committees of agriculture. And we're hoping to, to see in the next years that we can actually work closely with them, find ways to lobby and advocate for youth-oriented agricultural policies. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we're working closely with is um, 4-H Philippines, uh, 4 which yeah. is um, hosted by, or which is, how do you say this, facilitated by the Department of Agriculture, uh, Agri Agricultural Training Institute, ATI. or API. And they've, they've uh, consulted with us for the longest time, for about almost two years already, mm -hmm. and and the most recent initiative that we're going to go into is actually working out a roadmap for youth in agriculture. Oh. So they're hosting a workshop this July, this July, and they've invited me to facilitate the development of that kind of roadmap. Oh, nice. And that's one thing that YPART comes in. Because YPART comes in more of like a think tank and try to organize the discussion. It's not really just the only organization. Yes, of just course. That we're not claiming we're not, to be yeah, we're not, the sole... <laughs> we're not claiming to be the only youth in agriculture organization. Yes, of course. Uh, but, we're, but we're passionate in the sense that we want to help other organizations mm -hmm. even. We want to work like, with them. Yeah, map out the whole agricultural system. Find mm -hmm. ways for them to further engage young mm -hmm. people. And of course, uh, with engaging with more people, engaging with more organizations, it gives you a better view. Yeah. Of the, of the, of, it gives you a clearer picture of the situation in the ground. Of course, every one of us has different insights, different perspectives. Mm. And, you know, working with people will just allow you to, you know, to get a full grasp of the situation that we have at hand. Now, um, we're trying to break uh, that, that image of, of a farmer like, um, when you say agriculture, the first thing that comes to mind, carabao, or maybe a plow <laughs> or something like that. So can you give our audience here at the live stream and on the podcast, um, what are the possible avenues for youth? I mean, what can the, for example, I'm a, I'm a high school student, I'm, I'm looking for a course, or I'm, I'm trying to find my way. What can agriculture offer me? I mean, what, what are the avenues where I can go into? Well, one is, um, you know, like what we said, 
we, we had that five key areas, academe, research, extension, policy, and agribusiness. Mm-hmm. But I also borrow my friend's um, <laughs> marketing scheme uh, <laughs> or, or the abbreviation that, used, that she uses yeah. to pitch and market agriculture. agriculture. She calls it Hilami, my friend from South Africa. Hi, mm-hmm. Hilami. Hilami. Um, her, her abbreviation for this is perfect. Agriculture perfect. is perfect. Perfect agriculture. Perfect agriculture. So what is perfect? Perfect is P is policy. Mm-hmm. E is education. Oh. R is research. F stands for farming, your finance. Mm-hmm. E again is your extension and advisory services. Mm-hmm. This is one way we're yeah. extending our reach. Yeah. And <laughs> C is communications. Also again, this. also this one. T is technology, like the use of also latest technology <laughs> and even in farm production, in processing, yes. the use of laser leveling, the use of drones, the use of remote sensing and mapping in, in precision agriculture, that's technology. So young people can actually be engaged in any of those in perfect agriculture. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want it to be more concrete, now we, look, we can look at it from a value chain perspective, mm-hmm. from the farm to the table. Yes. From farm to table, there are a lot of steps where young people can be engaged. It could be in they the can farm. Come in, yeah. yeah, they can come into the, the farm. farm. Level, yeah. At the farm level, if you're very passionate to be outdoors, you want to get yeah. your tan, want to be. If you're not, um, if you're ground. not the uh, the office type of yeah, person, if, if you don't want to, you're, you're very, within the walls. You're very <laughs> outgoing, outdoorsy. <laughs> so you can be in the field and yes. work. You can also be in the processing part. You know, after okay. you harvest certain commodities, you can process them. Like your mango chips or banana chips, your mango, your dried mangoes. So this is where the food scientists come in. The food scientists come in. come in and you can be that. You can be in the food technology, you can be in food science. And you can develop new products from all these raw materials mm-hmm. of fruits, vegetables, and meat. You can process these. And then even... How about uh, finance guys? Do they have a role in agriculture? Oh, definitely. The finance people have a huge role. Um, if you look at... we, I just came from a conference in February um, from the International Fund for Agricultural Development. And we had discussions about how, how we can engage young people to go into agribusiness by enabling or providing loans. Mm-hmm. Startup loans and or grants. Okay. And you can check out the IFAD's um, ABC Agribusiness Capital Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually working together with the private sector to provide loans or grants. Uh, if I if my memory serves me right, to provide either one of one of the two loans or grants to small medium enterprises specifically and especially towards young people. Towards young so people. So finance has a huge role because. Mm-hmm. Again, we are in a, in a system where mm-hmm. somehow still money drives things, you know. Of and, course. And, and finance <laughs> is more than just money. It's, it's credit, it's insurance, and it's all of these things. Mm-hmm. And also, um, um, a, lot of our, a lot of people, a lot of persons in our generation are also into sales and marketing. So yeah. how about that? Do, I mean, do, 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 does it play a role? Oh, definitely. We, we look at different companies who have... Uh, inputs that they sell you you can be in the sales of all these um, inputs you can go around you can be a sales manager you can you know there you can sell all these products so basically so, there's room for everybody there's room for everybody you want to you want to specialize in just ensuring that mm-hmm. the vegetable looks just 
in the best quality from the farm. How it to looks the in table. the picture. How it looks in how the picture. How it looks in the picture. Mm-hmm. That's the post harvest guys. Mm-hmm. You know how to ensure that. And these are these are hardcore scientists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these are not your run of the mill. Oh no. Lab people. They are they are really thinking of ways on how to yeah. enhance these these things. Yeah. Right? So it, it's really time for us young people, especially with the vast information that we can access nowadays. Yes. <laughs> it's time for us to find ways to see what technologies are available yes and utilize that <laughs> kindly use the uh, the favorite uh, your fav- my favorite sentence of yours when you, you when you when you talk in uh, in these plenaries <laughs> use that use that uh, use this one of the things part. i always say is that there's so many research results gathering dust there you go in the shelves <laughs> of libraries there you go but it's not really affecting the people that mm-hmm. those research uh, was meant to be that research who was were, meant to be who, who were, were intended for. who were intended uh, recipients or even people who would be affected by those results mm-hmm. so it's time for us to get those dust off those books those journals those journals those articles and for me being in the academe being mm-hmm. having one foot in the academe having one foot in in agribusiness you have a lot of feet uh, there's a lot of feet <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like it's something that we need to say explicitly that we need to shift from the old paradigm mm-hmm. that we just want to publish to get promoted. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to publish to develop society. It's yes. time for us to publish to change the the people at the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. It's time for us that we publish technologies not mm-hmm. because we want to be promoted, not for us to have access to conferences outside the country, but for us to see that the Filipino farmer actually doesn't mm-hmm. need to strive to have food on his table. I mean, yeah. I mean, with the aid of technology, which is the technology's main purpose is to help, help enhance production, help better improve the quality of life of those who use it, yeah. who use it right? And of course, um, um, to add to that, to add to research, uh, um, research should be collaborative, I think, mm. for me. Uh, Research should be, um, you should ask first before you, you, you do research on something. Yeah. You should ask the, the stakeholders first. You, yeah. should, uh, you should be consultative. You should be open to, the, to ideas of yeah. others. Yeah. Um, it can't be your way or the highway. Yeah, mean, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you should, you should always consult the people who, who you intend to, to yeah. give it to, the technology. Well, there, there are a lot of models to that. And mm-hmm. I think that would be room for another podcast. Podcast, another because, episode, yeah. <laughs> and I think you'd, you'd love that discussion also because now that, that looks into who is actually, this, who is actually giving power, who, who has the power. Because whoever decides what technologies need are needed on the ground. Yes, you know that, that's the that's the those are the dynamics, power dynamics, mm-hmm. and so that's another room for discussion. Who actually there. uses this? Yeah, things. and I think we ha- we can actually invite other yeah. uh, specialists who who'd be a who'd be in much better position. To this this is just the uh, first episode, yes, guys. Yes. This is just the first podcast so episode. We're throwing out ideas that mm-hmm. can actually be podcasts in the future, mm-hmm. and you'd love. We'd be happy for you guys to stay tuned and even see those in the future. And of course, we're also calling on our fellow YPART members who want to be a part of this. Of course, they, if they want to talk about something that they're directly doing right now, their current engagements or whatever they, whatever problems that they think uh, they have the solution for or yeah. they can give um, their, their insight about, we are very, very much welcome. We, 
you know where to find us. <laughs> you know where to find us. We're just at the HQ. Okay. So um, before we wrap this uh, um, inaugural episode, yeah. if we would call, if, we, if we can call it that, um, uh, any parting words for the for the youth out there, for the audience out there? I'd really hope that more young people get into agriculture. It's not our objective. I want to be clear. It's not our objective that everybody get into get into agriculture. Yes, because you know we each have our role to we play. We all have society. our roles. Yeah. We all have our positions to play. But what I'm saying is that have that heart. Mm-hmm. Um, we at least this podcast will give you that awareness, mm-hmm. and hopefully that awareness leads to concern, mm-hmm. and from that concern it drives us all to action. Mm-hmm. And so from awareness to concern to action, And I then think eventually, of course, change. <laughs> change. We would love to see you on board with Wipeart. We'd love to work with you if, you're, if you have great ideas. We don't have all the ideas. Yes, of course. We're very much open to your discussions. If you have... We're thing, very much open to collaboration. Yeah, if you <laughs> have models or ways for us to even better engage young people, come on, talk to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd be happy to even have you speak in this podcast yes okay so uh, this is an open invite for everybody out there who's listening uh, working in agriculture and its related fields if you want to come down and talk with us have a chat and discuss about this industry that we are working on let's go I mean we're really really we want to see you we want to (laughs) interact with you and we hope to hear from you soon and like we said this is just the first episode we are very very we are very very excited to to record more of this thing, yeah. more of this uh, podcast and yeah so thank you everybody for yes. tuning in um, you before, can find before us, we go you can find us on Wipeart PH mm-hmm. podcast um, this is going to be on this this is going to be on Google podcast Spotify Apple podcast everywhere you get your podcast basically yeah. and also please um, if you if you are interested to become a member of Wipeart you can sign up in wipeart.net Mm-hmm. Uh, you can register there. And then also on Facebook, you can find us, uh, Wipeart Philippines. It's a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Find us there. There's also a Wipeart uh, Young Professionals for Agricultural Development, Wipeart International Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You can find. You can also look that up. Are we on Twitter? And we are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter so. handle is at WipeartPH. All right. So, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to have you in the future episodes. And Jim? Always a pleasure to talk with you. Yes. All right. So thank this, you. thank you everybody, and that's it. We're out. Y part PH. Peace. All right. Anong abra? Anong abra?
at the voice here in Rome. And not only during the FPO conference, or the governing bodies of FPO, but do they also have a voice at the governing body of IFAD, and the executive board of IFAD? And do they have a voice at the executive board of WFP and the processes? And until now, we speak about the youth in those governing bodies without, perhaps, even give them the choice to speak up what we think is the best for the youth. And as I have a son of 18, and we have a more than excellent relationship, he doesn't like me to say to him what's good for him. Because he says, you're great, I like you, I adore you, but let me keep my ideas to be presented by me. And let me decide about the future. And I like that idea. And of course, we have to find the mix. We cannot only give the youth the authority to decide. But I think when you speak to the youth, for example, when you speak with the youth about digital agriculture, they know so much already how to do it and how to support their families with digital agriculture. I think it's important to give the youth a voice here in Rome. And with that, let's give the youth a voice in all the countries of the members of the FEO, WFP, and IFA. Because if we plant the seed here, that all the ministers and representatives here, hopefully that seed will be growing fast. And we get many voices and many people to Rome and get their input in our decisions because we need their input in our decisions. And I'm convinced, more than convinced, that we have to do it. Because I've been working now for two years with a great bunch of young people. And when you listen to them, not only here sitting here on the podium, but when you listen to them, when you have informal contacts, in the events, they are so great. They are so energetic. And it will not end here with the event here, because it's only a beginning. I will make probably tomorrow or the day after, if I'm allowed, of course, as always, make a national statement on behalf of the Netherlands presenting the results of this evening to the plenary. So that not everybody is now here, but then the plenary will listen and will be in the report of the plenary. Then we go to CFS, the Committee of Food Security, in October. We will have a youth event again. And from that, the Youth Council will be born. Because we are not going to ask for a formal adoption of a council, because then we end up with rules and procedures, with funding and problems, etc., etc. Because the best way is to do it in a different way. The best way is to involve them and give them a voice in our meetings. And that we can do. That can, we can do as members. And certainly, I do here and there a committee, for example, a program committee. I will go to give them the floor to speak on the issues we are discussing in the program committee, so that their voices can be heard. I'm in the executive board, both of IFAD and WFP, and they can take my seat at a certain moment and speak on behalf of me, so that the voices are heard. But we have to be careful that we don't want to create their own network of WFP, their own network of IFAD, and their own network of FBO, because it has to be an RBA. 
network of the youth, for the youth, by the youth, and the youth in charge. And I have a great bunch of people sitting here which have developed with the strong support of the Agri-Food Network, which is with them organizing this event. We have brought them here together. They will speak up. They will create the informal youth council for the RBAs. And it's up to us to give them the floor, to listen to them, to discuss with them, to argue with them, but let's listen. And I stop now, and I give the first speaker the floor, and it will be Amanda Namayi. She will speak up, and she is an advocate from Kenya. She's a regional coordinator for the East Africa Climate Smart Agriculture Youth Network. So she has already a youth network, and the idea, of course, is that if we have regional or national youth network, youth network, we bring them together in a network. And we are webcasting this so everybody who has a network, please come to us, contact these people, and let's have a great in international global network of the youth. Amanda, you have the floor. We listen to you now. Thank you. Canada and a proud alumnus of the 4-H program. She will explain a little bit what it will do, but she's involved already for, I would say, two years in this endeavor to shake up Rome. Valerie, you have the floor. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you, Ambassador. So I'm here because of youth mentorship, both as a recipient of youth mentorship and a mentor to youth. Mentorship has truly changed my life. The role of the Youth Council is to facilitate the input of young people from, with the work of the RBAs. This youth will, will focus on endorsing and advising programs and products associated with the three agencies. It will be a youth-led, inclusive group that will provide perspectives and strengths as valuable resource to the RBAs. I'd like a little bit of audience participation, and I'd love if you could stand up if you've ever been a mentor. 
And, and I would also like those of you who've received mentorship to stand up. Amazing. Look at the impact that it has in this room. Thank you for your participation. So everybody here was a youth at one point. And our goal as, for the Youth Council is to set up our structures so it outlines and outlives our own involvement, even after we as individuals are no longer as defined as youth from the FAO. It's an intergenerational responsibility and youth mentoring other youth. In a moment, we'll be hearing from each of the RBAs, and we would like to acknowledge and appreciate their existing work that they have completed thus far. This Youth Council, it, this youth council initiative aims to build cohesion among the three RBAs with the vision to be a valuable resource to the Rome-based agencies in the form of an inclusive, youth-led advisory team that champions practical innovations and policies on the unique needs and strengths of young people in agriculture globally. Thank you. Thank you very much. Driving the future together, I would say, certainly in agriculture. And of course, we need sponsors because you cannot leave this evening the room before you have signed up as a sponsor to the Youth Council. That's what I hope. Of course, I'm not going to ask for signature, but I'm going to ask for sponsorship. With that, I would like to give the floor to Kevin Warren. He's a, and it's great to see, we always speak about gender balance. Look here, we have the gender balance. We look to the youth. And we have also the youth from all regions of the world. So it's not only for one region or an absence of one region, we have them from all over the world. So it's also a pleasure for me to give Kevin Moore the floor. He's a dairy farmer from the west of Ireland. And he created his pathway in a farming by moving away from home at a young age to lease a number of farms on long-term tenances. Kevin, listen to you. Thank you, Ambassador. I suppose I've been, I've been asked to address um, and speak for a minute or two about how is the Youth Council an answer to the problem, and the problem which my colleague Amanda has, has outlined. And, and for me, as, as a young person who has proactively gone out and tried to get involved in policy making and have my say, um, I found that there is uh, a round tables that are, that are making the decisions. There is this myth that young people, well, they don't want to be involved in policy making. They don't want to be involved in, in any of that because they're too busy in the day-to-day -day chaos of their own businesses. And I think the Youth Council is, is about busting that myth. The Youth Council is about getting as much youth as possible involved. And if you look at the, all the, the various organizations that make up the Youth Council, within each of those organizations, you have a vast amount of youth already engaging in these conversations and in policy making you're effectively tapping in to everyone within those organizations, such as Nofield, uh, Agricua, 4-H, um, the list goes on. It's important to mention that the Youth Council is not just another lobbyist group and more of the same. It's much more than that. It's, it's, it's more of an advisory committee that is complementary to existing structures. As Valerie alluded to, it's also a vehicle for young people to grow, and it's about nurturing tomorrow's leaders uh, and offering self-development through mentorship, because 
ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to empower tomorrow's ambassadors and tomorrow's leaders. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's also about not only involving them and listening to them how they see their future and also how they see sustainable agriculture, sustainable value chains, sustainable food systems. It's also that they can learn how to do the work and influence the work in UN organizations. And often we have UN model trainings. For example, we have the Montessori UN model training. We have other trainer trainings where young people go to Rome, to New York, to Nairobi to do a UN simulation. We are trying to link those networks as well. What we try to do is to bring them in a broader network where they can not only learn, if they have done a UN model, how to negotiate, but also see what they learn from the UN, because as you said, they will be the future ambassadors as well, how they can link their thinking of those issues to concrete projects on the ground in their communities. And we are going to set up, during the Climate Summit in New York, a new initiative, how to link those young people to community activities, hopefully with the support of the private sector. With that, I am now giving the floor to Jim Cano. He's from the Philippines. He teaches courses on agriculture systems and agriculture extension at the College of Agriculture and Food Science since already 2015. And he's making what he has learned, making that work in practice. Jim, you have the floor. Thank you, Ambassador Hogevin. Good day, everyone. If you look at the room, you see the diversity of everybody in this room. The regions represented, the countries represented. Agriculture, if you look at it, is actually very diverse. When we look at the mandate of the RBAs, it also targets specific areas of agriculture. Now, when we bring that to the context of the Youth Council, what is at stake is that the Youth Council can actually provide a very crucial role in bringing data or even bringing the voice of young people from the ground. Given that the convening organizations that are actually in the Youth Council actually operate in different countries and have different work on the ground. And so it's time that we give the young people from the ground that opportunity to bring their voice up to the level of the RBAs, to actually push for programs and policies that actually re respond to the needs of the young people. And so even with the development of technology such as big data, you know, we have this kind of technology where if you have the data from the ground from all the different young youth in agriculture organizations, as you see in this room, and the list can actually go on, the big data analytics could actually give insight as to what really is needed on the ground, and that is very useful, and that can actually inform policy very critically. And so this Youth Council is actually pushing for that participation of young people at this level and to not just be leaders of the future, but actually leaders of today. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're already getting a glance, but you're missing if we don't involve them. So with that, I would like to give the floor to Casey Hayward. She's a graduate from the King's College University, and she's a co-founder 
And I think that's also very important when we look to innovation, that we look to the youth. She is a co-founder of NGO Agricuya, which received a 10,000 euro startup grant in an innovation competition at the Youth Agriculture Summit. So it's not only for policies, it's not only for action, but also for innovation, where we also, not only, but also have to look to the youth. Kessel, you have the floor. Thank you, Your Excellency. Uh, so I'm here today because I grew up in poverty in one of the most developed nations in the world. And over 10 years later, the children in my community still do not have food. The window for youth engagement exists here in the RBAs. However, we need to establish the Youth Council to make that window into a door. We can't just be looking at progress. We need to start opening the door and ensuring that young people can help create that progress. And this door needs to ensure that the flow of movement and progress goes both ways. It goes from the top to bottom as well as bottom up, which is why we hope to ensure that this youth council will be facing inwards towards the UN just as much as it will be facing outwards at the youth of the world. If I could, if I could be so bold, could anybody who's under the age of 35 raise their hand? Okay, we got, we got, I don't know, like probably like 25. Anybody under the age of 25, raise your hand. We got six. Um, so right now, as Jim was saying, and we're talking about diversity, we have a lot of diversity in this room, but we don't have a lot of age diversity. And I hope that nobody comes here with the preconception that age dictates your experience or how much you can contribute in these kinds of spaces, because it's factually not true. Um, so this just proves that we must create a space for opportunity so that younger, our youth are able to meaningfully contribute. We need youth in these spaces. They need to be in these rooms and they need to be a part of these conversations. And we need your help to make it happen. We don't just need your help financially, but we need your, your moral support. We need your mentorship. We, have, we need everything that you, you have to offer because we have a lot to offer too. And, and together we can do a lot of really good work together. And through this initiative, we all very strongly believe that we can create momentum within the youth agricultural networks that already exist, but we need to connect them because they're not connected and it's hard for us to contact and communicate between each other, especially between different regions. And overall, our biggest hope is that we're able to inspire and motivate an entire generation of young people who are struggling to find their purpose in life and we hope that we can recruit them to this field because we desperately need more young people and nothing looks better to other young people than young people telling them what to do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And I saw the hands, but if you would have gone to one of the three rooms where we are now doing a conference, I think you would have seen a complete difference. <laughs> but perhaps in two years' time, when we have the next conference, if we can perhaps see a difference, because I think one of the objectives of the course is also that all the delegations bring one or two youth representatives to the next FBO conference in their delegation. And it has been done before, because I know it has been done before in New York. So let's replicate that certainly in Rome. We aim for two youth representatives from every delegation for the next conference. Now I turn the floor to the three RBAs. And, we are, and it's not a tradition here in Rome to have a TED speech style of intervening, because normally we take some more time, but you have to do it also within two minutes. 
so they are going to react. And of course, we are going to say that you are doing already a lot of work with the youth. But I hope that they will say at the end of their statement, yes, as EFAT, as WFP, as FBO, we are going to support the Youth Council. First, I give the floor to Raoul Antal. Thank you very much, Your Excellency. Um, two minutes. That's not enough, but I'm going to make my best out of it. Uh, I suppose one of the things that you can really hear resonating in the room is that there's a sense of vibrancy. There's a sense of positive disruption. There's a sense of not doing business as usual. There's a sense of looking at fresh perspectives. And I think in some ways this drives innovation. And IFA recognizes that. And it recognizes that in the voices of young people. So it really makes sense that if we are to achieve these SDGs, we cannot not have them on board. And we're taking this very seriously. But the idea is not just to be youth-serving, but to be youth-led in some ways. And so the principle of nothing about youth without youth is being adopted on board. And we've recently launched a rural youth action plan. And when we started developing the action plan, the idea was first to reach out to young people and consult with them first and gather their voices. And through a process of consultation over a year, we managed to put together an action plan that starts this year and ends in 2021 that makes all our projects in our, in our countries and our country's strategic opportunity notes, which are essentially a framework for working in countries, youth sensitive, by trying to see which youth organizations are in the country, who's doing what in youth, and sort of put that and plug that into our program operations. And 50% of all our projects are expected to be youth sensitive by the end of 2021. And that's our core business, and that's Action Area 1 of this Youth Action Area Action Plan. Action Area 2 is really about strengthening the capacity, not just for EFAD to deliver on these youth-sensitive projects, but also for young people at the ground. And that's really looking at how we can get young people to access skills, services, and assets, but not without them, with them. Action Area 3 is really about policy engagement and partnerships. And here is also where we are trying to search for mechanisms for how we can still continue listening to the voices of young people to plug into our operations. And this is really key and kind of relevant to the conversation that we are sort of having right now. And the last one is more knowledge management, because we need to generate more evidence to convince policymakers also that there is a lot that we are missing out of here that we need to sort of involve. And so based on these four action areas, these are the pillars of the action plan, we're now moving forward into the next three years where we really hopefully have more youth-sensitive projects. Thank you very much. Thank you. But I missed the last sentence. Because I missed a fifth action area, is that you're going to work with the Youth Council in the implementation of your action plan. <laughs> as, uh, can, can you commit yourself to that? Yes, as, as Ethan. No, but let's see. We also support consultations with the young people, absolutely. Thank you very much. And that's how we do decisions uh, upstairs as well, because we look at the room and we see nobody objecting, and then we applaud, and that's the decision. So, <laughs> with that, I would like to go to Ruben Sessa. He's a huge focal point uh, within the FPO, and he has also two, three minutes, and hopefully also ends with the same sentence. Woo, and you have the floor. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the ambassador for like, uh, supporting the, this youth effort. Like, I've worked with him in the past on climate smart agriculture, so I know what a big difference he can make in the supporting area. So I look forward to working on this new topic with you. Uh, FPO is like, uh, 
has a lot of youth programs, like we have actually had 43 projects which are specifically on youth. And uh, our different like country and regional offices actually engage in different youth networks and so forth. But it is actually true that we probably don't have like a, a youth coordination here in, in headquarters. So the, this new council can actually play quite a, a key role. Um, we do have like uh, some major programs. For example, the youth employment program is like a major area of work of FAO. But also we have uh, some more unusual programs. For example, we work a lot with uh, UN Environment on like sustain sustainability, uh, food losses and waste, and zero plastics and so forth. And um, now we're we're in the process of um, developing a new um, youth. Youth Action Plan, which has been uh, requested by us for the Committee of Agriculture. So this has to be actually um, submitted by uh, COA 27, which is uh, in October 2020. So um, we're actually undertaking a, a bottom-up consultation, like we're uh, talking to the regional offices, the country offices, we're dialoguing particularly with the, with the government to actually assess exactly what the main priorities are on youth so that we can actually structure the youth action plan around like current and emerging areas. And also the consultative process involves like the youth in different uh, regions. So um, for example, our Latin America office is coordinating a youth, a big youth engagement at the regional scale, making sure that the youth are involved in policy making and in decision making and actually contributing to their action plan. So actually we'll have a, uh, five regional uh, action plans, which will then merge into the, the, the global one. Um, I also wanted to quickly come back to you about like uh, youth participation. Uh, maybe FAO hasn't had youth participation in their like conference and so forth, but we actually had a, a big role to play in actually getting youth in uh, the climate change negotiations with UNFCCC. So before um, in 2010. We actually gave observer status to youth, so youth could actually make their own submissions and their own interventions on the floor. They were actually very instrumental in the creation of the DOA work program, and actually in ensuring that Article 6 of the Convention is included in the Paris Agreement. And uh, that's exactly the process that, as you mentioned, that we did. We actually got all the delegations to actually have at least one youth person in their delegation. So that we actually had a very big youth body involved in that, in that negotiation process. So that is actually something that worked very successfully also in other processes. So uh, summing up, we, uh, we think this is a good opportune moment and we look forward to working with them. Thank you very much. It's great that Ruben clearly stated that he's going to work with the Youth Council because we see there was a Youth Action Plan of IFA, there's a Youth Action Plan of uh, FPO, probably WFP will say the same. But it's clear that we need a Youth Council to coordinate those plans. Uh, because probably they will all have their own Youth Plan, but the RBA plan will be then the overall plan by the Youth Council. But thank you so much, Wade. With that now, I would like to give the floor to Rodrigo Mota. He's the, uh, from Brazil, he's working with the uh, World Food Program and he is working as a resource management and interagency consultant in the front office of WFP. And of course, knowing WFP, knowing the executive director, if you present this idea to him, if you won't do it, I will do it, 
And if you present it to him, he will certainly say yes. You have the floor. Thank you very much, Ambassador. I would say that I am directed to the right person, <laughs> but certainly uh, would be welcome. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, we are here representing WFP, and I'd like to say that I didn't come alone, which is good. I have some colleagues from WFP here as well. I think Ambassador would be happy to, to know this as well. But uh, let me also say that we are here to say, uh, to share with you a little bit about what we are doing WFP uh, and what kind of discussions we are having at WSP on youth engagement. Just to give you a little bit of data very quickly, uh, we found out that 42% of WSP workforce is composed by young people. To many of you, this can sound really impressive, and it, and it really is, but also because the difference of our business model as WSP as organization also helps us to have such a young uh, population in our workforce because People have to be able to go to remote locations and to travel in different environments. And I'm telling you this just to say that in WFP we are trying to get very seriously this idea of young people working for young people and having the young people's voice uh, heard and considered. As of now, we have more than 140 people uh, who joined what we called the youth network in WFP. And I'd like to explain why we are calling the WFP Youth Network. Uh, we received the invitation to join the youth, uh, the RBA Youth Council, but at this stage, after some internal consultations, we decided to establish first our internal network to kind of map out what kind of areas of engagement we in WFP would be more interested in, and of course, with the idea and the goal to join the RBA Youth Council uh, at some point. And on a more practical note, I'm happy to mention that within our network, we established three thematic uh, working groups, which have been established to focus on three areas that I'd like to briefly explain uh, to you here. The first working group focuses on evidence-based programmatic issues. You all know that WFP uh, is present in more than 18 countries, 80 countries, sorry. And for that, the programmatic areas are very important and crucial for WFP. And this will ensure that young, young people's needs and voices are systematically integrated into WFP's programs all over the globe. The second working group focuses on issues around employment, career opportunities for young people, because we also felt this is very important uh, in, in within WFP, but also to show to young people working for WFP that their needs are also taken into account. And the third working group uh, has a main goal as to engage with youth outside of WFP, involving them in our efforts to reach zero hunger. I'd like to highlight that at this point, we are still at a very early stage of discussions. As I mentioned before, we just have a, a, a group of people working, gathering together. We've been established communications with senior management in WFP, including uh, senior managers from the leadership group, and for more effective coordination and action in those three areas that I just mentioned. However, we have been witnessing a growing interest from everyone within WFP and also from the RBA colleagues about youth engagement and action, which is a great sign already. We've seen more and more people looking for us, chasing us in the corridors, and, action, and actually asking us what kind of plans we have in mind. 
And as I thank you again for this amazing opportunity, and I'm going to finish on Astro. Yes. I'd like to say that we count on all of you for this discussion to continue, and we hope that we can see more and more RBAs acknowledging more and more that young people are vital for our world without hunger. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm uh, known now that you're hesitant to say that you are joined now the RBA uh, Youth Council, but you, you have, because I think, why should you work only with a couple of hundred people if you can work together with more than 10 or 20 or 30,000 or even more people around the world? And why should you only look to the work of WFP if you can look also jointly to look to how to influence the work of FDO as well as EFAT? So I would say, go ahead with the working group, but make it working groups of the RBA Youth Council so that you can involve them all. And of course, I know this is always the answer of management. Uh, I've done it in Netherlands as well. You, if you have a great idea, you think you have to think about it, let's create a working group. It will take one or two years and then see how far you get. Let's not do the traditional approach. Let's dare to take a new approach, especially when it comes to the youth. So I know that you have joined the work group. I will congratulate this evening David Beasley for joining the RBA Council. And don't, don't worry, you'll keep your job. <laughs> but I, th I think that is what we have to do. We have to dare to take a bolder step than what we are doing now. The youth is expecting that. Uh, and the youth, you are also still, I think, young. So you have to take that bold step and sometimes challenge the senior management. And Probably senior management of, uh, certainly of FDO is here, but they already are very positive. Senior management, I didn't see whether or not from EFAT, but I heard that senior management or from WP is here. They now know the message, they embrace it, I see nothing, and then we uh, formalize it in November in the executive board, certainly with the help of some of the board members uh, at WFP. But I've spoken enough again. Let's now engage with you, engage with youth sitting here, uh, ask them questions, but give position, opinions, whatever. Who may I give the floor the first from the room? And we have a half an hour, it's not only what we do because normally we have five minutes, we have a half an hour for engaging. Please. Uh, thank you, Ambassador. There will be a uh, microphone. Thank you, Ambassador. Mine is a comment and I, I, I promise I will not go beyond two minutes. Uh, 20, 21st of August, 2018, Kigali. On behalf of FAO, I organized uh, a youth conference on behalf of the DG Sabasia. There was a main request by the youth that they want a youth council. And why is it that FAO doesn't have a youth council? Today I'm getting an answer to that puzzle. And I'm sure Mr. Graciano will be very happy with this because this is something which is evolving. Um, one of the associate vice presidents of EPAD was in attendance. When I discussed with him, he came up with the same idea. Let's have a youth council for the RBAs, which is virtually what I'm getting. Two things. For more than 30 years, I've been 25 years, uh, over 25 years ago. <laughs> for, for, for a long time, we've been looking at how can we draw and pull youth into agriculture going into the future. I don't think we have succeeded in this. 
But what I see here, the talks coming out from the youth here, is very promising. And I hope they will offer what they think of the future of agriculture, but consider eradication of uh, hunger, zeroing hunger across the globe. FAO main mandate by the Constitution is to ensure a world without hunger for humanity. But there are businesses in it, there is nutrition in it, there is medicines in it, there is trades in it. So it's, it's really lots of things, but I'm very happy that this puzzle has now filled in. I stop with them. Thank you very much. And I would like to give forward to, to two of you to give a brief reaction. It's great what you are saying, because more or less agree with the Youth Council. And we have, and I always try to have action, not only word, but action. We have an RBA event, the three governing bodies, in September here in Rome. Would it be great if the three, the three heads of the organization will announce that they are going to work with these guys on all the things they want to work on? I see you nodding, so we do it together. Thank you. Your reaction. Yeah. Thank you very much for that comment. It's very interesting because um, coming from the field that I actually majored in in, in undergrad back then was um, agricultural systems. And I feel like agriculture has been ice. Uh, it's, it's always operated in silos for the past decades, which is why I think that's one of the barriers as to why we are not really getting to where we want to be. And even especially in terms of youth engagements, there's always that branding towards one specific action. And, and I understand that there, there are many, many factors behind it. But I feel that in this context now, even given this opportunity that we have this here, this is actually a very promising, it's an opportunity for all the RBAs and the young people to work together in coordination. And I think hearing from the, from the different RBAs that there are actually action plans, I feel like the Youth Council could actually be a, the platform that brings all those together and be the sounding board, be the, be the voice of the young people to give feedback and even to polish further how these policies and programs and action plans really respond to what is the current need of young people. And I think with technology, that actually helps a lot. Young people are very much connected. Um, given the way we've worked the past six months, it's all been online calls. Before we got to see each other, we already knew how each other sounded. So I think that's something that young people have in common, and we can take advantage of that to, to bring that at this level in Rome. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for that comment as well. Um, I think something that we also really need to nail down here is that this youth council isn't intended for a token 45 spot. What we're trying to do here is to create a platform for any young person who wants to get involved to get involved. Because the problem is right now is that the majority of young people around the world don't know what's going on in food or in agriculture. If you ask a young person on the street, what does the FAO do? They might not even be able to tell you. Um, so what we hope to do with, the, with the, the Youth Council is to hopefully have upwards of 45 young people really, really engaged from different regions around the world, but we want to extend it farther than that. We want to hold open committees that any young people can join. Um, and I think that this is so important for consultation because we need to be properly and meaningfully consulting young people on policy, but additionally, we have the, we have the ability to collect data, which is something that we don't have a lot of right now, which is just one more thing that we can do. And as you've 
really beautifully stated, when young people are asking for this kind of thing, we need a connection to the UN, we need a connection to the FAO, EFAD, the World Food Program, and this is our connection, and we want to make this doorway, we need to stop being a window. Thank you very much. They are up to the challenge. They want, clearly, they want this connection. Who may I give the floor? Please. Thank you, Ambassador. I'm Donald Moore, the Executive Director of the Global Dairy Platform. I'm also the current Chair of the International Agri-Food Network and the Private Sector Mechanism for the UN Committee on World Food Security. And uh, it's been my pleasure to have met Jim, Cassie, and Amanda during CFS last year, and I got the chance to meet Valerie and Kevin uh, earlier today. And I was fascinated listening to their comments. They were talking a lot about youth. They were talking about their own organizations. But I would like to ask them to maybe share with us personally what this council means to each of them and the role that they see they can play as a member of that youth council. Thank you. Thank you very much. I give you all one minute. Uh, <laughs> and I would like, really like to thank the Agri-Food Network because this is an organization of the private sector who co-sponsoring this event. And we are teaming up to broaden it because we go to the Alliance for Climate Smart Agriculture, which will be embracing the Youth Council. And we're also going to New York in September because there we have the Champions 12.3. That's a network to fight the food losses. And they are going to also embrace the RBA Council. And they're also going to work with those networks to see what we can do on the ground. I start from the left and then go to the middle for one minute reaction. Thank you for that question. And what the Youth Council means to me is that finally the youth can come out in the open because oftentimes we have people that discussed what we want to discuss. We want to sit together and have a meeting of minds and also to dispel the notion that it's an us against them type of scenario, that it's um, the older generations and the younger people. We actually want to hold hands and work together and learn from you as well. You're not the epitome of success. We also want to learn from you and ride on your broad shoulders as well. And secondly, what the Youth Council means to me is that it will transcend beyond you. It's not just about <coughs> the five of us or the 45 people holding the council, but it will be a system that will address intergenerational issues because as you know, the colleague had mentioned earlier on, that it's a discussion that had happened prior. Even he was once a young person and we will no longer be young people anymore, but the youth council will live beyond us. And that's something that we should pat ourselves on the back of us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the question. So um, for me, I'm the oldest of Gen Z, uh, which is the, the new, even younger millennials, the ones involved in technology. And for me, what this youth council means is that we have the opportunity to inspire, to motivate, and empower them to make meaningful change. We do have the opportunity to open a door and to make sure that their struggle to get here wasn't as hard as our five paddles to get here. Because being a young person under 35, and it, Depend whatever network you come from, you have to be pretty exceptional to be sitting on this panel right now. And there are a lot of exceptional young people who don't have the opportunity to be here, and that's what this council is meant to do. We're meant to include them, and I hope that, that really, in a, in a time when a lot of young people aren't feeling a lot of hope in terms of global problems, that this will give them a little, a little solution to that, that they have 
They have the feeling that we can make the world just a tiny bit better of a place by establishing the city council. Thanks, Donald, for the question. As somebody who teaches agricultural systems, one of the key factors I always drive into my students is the concept of participation. The difference being the discussion of participation has always been in the four walls of the classroom. And for me, this youth council is actually a fleshing out of that specific concept. One of the, the references we always talk about is Einstein's ladder of participation, if for those who are familiar with it, and the highest form is self-management. And I think the youth council can be in that level, working with the RBAs in terms of, of pushing programs and policies that are youth-oriented. And lastly, I think the, the youth council is a seed. We talk about agriculture, and this is the very, this is probably the most basic analogy that I can give that the youth council is a seed that in the future can reap a harvest that we, we can't even count. So I, this is my, this is the drive that's pushing me for the youth council that I could see more young Filipinos actually discussing and engaging at this level of, of the RBAs. Thank you for your question. And to echo Jim a little bit, uh, I think the Youth Council can provide, and, and what it does mean to me is that local to global perspective on, on agriculture and uh, having no barriers between uh, any sort of demographic, age, nothing that can, that can limit you from being a part of something more, something larger. And so I really think that this Youth Council would provide that vehicle for change, that, that vehicle for mentorship, for opportunity, for engagement, for, for access to not only youth um, from, a, from a perspective of, I don't even want to say downward, but, but sideways. So it can go left to right, and it can also go right to left. So we need you, and you need us. And it can be a legacy that lives on um, when we're filling your shoes, when we're growing in our, in our roles in agriculture and in the, glo in the global perspective but also then bring it right back home to, to our local level. Um, yeah, thank you for the question, Donald. I think for me, what does the Youth Council mean to me? Um, and to me, it means unity. And it's never been more important to have unity with everyone around the table and everyone within this room and within this building um, and, and all around the world. Because, I mean, if you look at the challenges that we face today as farmers, um, it's unprecedented territory. We're being asked to feed a growing population. We're going to be asked to, to, to feed 2 billion more people um, within the next 30 years, while at the same time reducing our carbon footprint. Um, so we're being tasked with this whole thing of sustainable intensification, as it's referred to, and, and that, is, that is not an easy thing to do. But it's all about our approach and our attitude towards it. It absolutely can be done. And, and it's even been alluded to here today in terms of technology, um, you know, reducing food waste. Um, you know, there's major distribution issues in some parts of the world. Um, but for me, to address these problems, we must have unity and we must all be pulling in the same direction with the same goal. And that, for me, is instilled in, in the Youth Council's core ethos. Thank you very much. April, how do you look for it? Hi, my name is April Dodd. It's 
been my pleasure uh, to be the convener uh, with the support of, of the Netherlands um, of the Working Group on the Youth Council. Um, and this has been stated, but I want to make sure it's clear that the Working Group is composed of 50 plus people already um, in, in its very, very early stages. And the five extraordinary people we have here today are just representatives of that group. Um, so the network already, even in its very, um, very early stages is already very wide and very diverse. Um, and it's, it's been a pleasure to hear, uh, to hear their remarks on this idea that we've been creating over the last six months and, uh, and to loop in our representatives from the RBAs as well. To answer uh, the question what the Youth Council means to me, um, in addition to giving people such as these five and the many others opportunities like this one, I would say the Youth Council uh, represents an opportunity to expand people's imagination of what it means to work in agriculture. Uh, it doesn't, it, it may not be a person's calling to themselves be a dairy farmer, uh, but to show someone that you can work in agriculture as a policymaker, you can work in agriculture um, as a social media expert, you can work in agriculture um, as a writer, you can work in agriculture across all of these fields. Um, I think that expanding what is possible is the first step in, um, in engaging more people in this field. Um, but if you don't have the imagination there, then how can you how can you pursue it? So if the Youth Council succeeds in expanding the, the definition of what it means to be in agriculture, um, I think that will have been a great success. Thank you very much. May I give the floor now? Youth first. Then. Hello, my name is Nara Mila, and I come from Germany. So it's a pleasure to be here today and to see that uh, many young representatives here. So I'm thinking um, of youth. They are living in another region where it is so crisis. So how they can uh, also implement, for example, uh, climate smart agriculture. So we need uh, so stability, political stability. So if we don't have that, so they cannot uh, be involved in everything, so in every program uh, concerning agriculture. How do you want to, do, uh, what do you want to do for these people? Thank you. Thank you, Nana. And Nana was involved in the annual meeting of the Global Alliance for Climate Smart Agriculture last weekend in Bonn. And she's now also active in the network within the Alliance for Climate Smart Agriculture connecting to the RBA Council. Who may I give the floor for answering her question? Agriculture is. We are all aware of the French Revolution, right? 
It was driven by a market theme. And um, a few months ago, in February, I was here for the hunger and food uh, seminar. And I find that of essence and of importance is political stability and peace before we can get down to, to the basics of food and climate smart agriculture. So as young people and over and above what um, producing food entails, there's also the subliminal part that young people play in political stability in the country. So I'd like to say that the young people are now, they, they are rising. And I'm looking forward to, to what the young people have to offer, especially because of agriculture. That agriculture is no longer just about food production, as my colleague April Dodd mentioned, that we can expand so much more. And if we have such voices at the policy level, at the youth council, I can only begin to fathom the effect that it will have on the ground. So to, uh, to connect a little bit further um, off of what Amanda had, had mentioned, I really think um, with 4-H is another, another off, awesome opportunity to be able to engage youth, to be able to have them take action um, at, a, at a grassroots local level. Um, through the 4-H program, the motto is learn to do by doing. Um, and, and that's how I was able to be here, be where I am today, was through that 4-H program. Um, and to provide that, in, that engagement, that opportunity to, to myself, I sought it out, but I also was able to take what I was received, or what was given to me, um, and received very well. So uh, 4-H is a, a great way at the grassroots level to start to connect them, but then on a global stage, um, the connectivity between uh, the, us to be able to connect online in the virtual world, and the the opportunity for change for youth, they're there, they want it, they're ready to take a hold of it. And so I think with this youth council, that could be the, the start of something larger, the start of something big, and the start of something great. Thank you. Now I would like to give the floor to my dear friend, Dr. Yaya. Thank you so much. Thanks. I'm not surprised that uh, in the center of this world, but I think it's a good thing. Youth Council, yes. Because for too long a time, the youth's head, this my local program, their heads have been shaved without them being there. Now they want to shave their heads themselves and to help the whole world. See, it's important not to fall into the same trap that the world has fallen into. Amanda, I want you to tell us briefly how you managed to reverse those bills. And for Jim, don't limit yourself to other Filipinos. Mm. Think of the Nigerian, the Dutch, the German, and American, and so on. And I'm behind agriculture, agriculture, agriculture. 
start to do traffic. What we are trying to do is not just traditional agriculture. Look beyond that. And April put it clearly to take what she said seriously. Finally, I think we should also not limit ourselves to the RBAs. The RBAs may be the nucleus. UNESCO is there, UNICEF is there, UNDP is there. The bigger it becomes in terms of reach, the UN agencies and other private sector interested people, the better. The council has to be united, but it's unity in diversity. We don't realize the more. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Yaya. There were two specific questions. Yeah, you have <laughs> Thank you very much for those comments. Actually, with YPARD Philippines, and even um, one of the things that we're also talking about in YPARD is the concept of one of our colleagues' um, acronym of how we want to promote agriculture, which is PERFECT. Yeah, so PERFECT stands for Policy, Education, Research, Finance and Farming, Extension, Communications, and Technology. I myself am actually working on drones for agriculture, and that's one thing that I'm pushing for. Um, we have startups in, in the Philippines doing that, and my colleagues have also different initiatives as to as to broadening that the the scope, I feel that the youth council is actually the best place for that to to create that environment where create where creativity can come out. Uh, the young people are very creative. It just they just need that environment to to bring those traits out. And I feel if you if we remember our uh, the 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 mixture of the genotype and the pheno uh, the, the phenotype is basically the genotype and the environment right the interaction of those and I feel that young people already have that creativity it's just a matter of putting them in the right place at the right time creating that environment the interaction of the youth council and the RBAs and even as what you said doctor with the other UN agencies can actually be that environment where young people can thrive and. Forgive me if I may have specified only Filipinos, but I did, in our discussions, we've always been talking about all of our different nationalities and our different regions, but thank you for your comment. All right, I'm actually excited to share with you what happened behind the scenes. <laughs> so, there is the power of social media, and you should check the hashtag, SaveAgriSector. And the youth in agriculture actually went on to Twitter and gave the reasons why that the re those bills should not be passed into law. So it wasn't like an uproar, a senseless uproar, so to speak, but it was more of a pragmatic discussion. And that hashtag was actually trending in Kenya and it got the attention of the mass media and it was printed in the newspaper and it got the attention of the legislature. And further to that, there were even, um, what are they called, these news segments that were addressing specifically why those bills should not be passed into law. And when you look at, actually, the number of people who made that hashtag trend, it was the youth in agriculture. And 
it was so encouraging to see that um, such a move could have that effect. It was more of to sensitize people and tell them, look, this, these bills are not working for us in agriculture. We were not consulted. Um, people just sat together uh, in the Senate and passed things that, you know, they didn't consult us in. And through that, the it got the attention of, of the national government and that's how it was distinguished. Thank you. I four last remarks, then I have to close. <laughs> yes, hi, my name is Susanne van Tilburg, and I represent Rabobank, which is a global leading food and agribank. We build cooperatives with smallholder farmers in developing countries, but we also service and bank corporate companies all over the world. And with these clients and with these farmers, we try to reach transitions. So our new slogan is growing a better world together. And as a bank, I think we should put our money where our mouth is. And since there's no, uh, nobody else that can really help us drive these transitions together with our customers, I truly believe in the power of this specific platform. So I would like to donate uh, with this moment 2,000 euros so that at least you have a starting point, which is just symbolically, but more importantly, I think for Rabobank, it's very nice if we could maybe have somebody from my team cooperate together with the Youth Council so that our bank, globally present, will also be able to work together with you from a youth perspective because I have a very young team members myself. Thank you. As we say, if one sheep is over, <laughs> <laughs> I saw here two, and then I can reaction, and then you will read the last one. Two ladies over there. Um, hello, my name is Shelby Luckley. I am from Texas in the United States, and um, as a young person, I'm very excited to get to hear all of you speak about these plans for this youth council. And while I understand it's in its preliminary state, I want to know. Um, are there any plans to be able to reach out to youth that are directly related in production agriculture? I grew up on a farm and ranch, and I know like of um, all the youth you can find, we might be the smallest minority, and I think that's a big voice to be had, especially if, um, when working with a food and agricultural organization. And so if y'all have any experience or um, thoughts on that, I would love to hear them. Thank you. Thank you. I will take Yeah, I come for you for another couple of thousand. <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, Salima Taylor from Texas University. I'm here for a couple months as an intern. And I think that this is a, as I've recently left youthhood, and uh, <laughs> uh, so when you had that poll, I was a little, you know, agitated of not being that group. But I think that this topic is extremely transformational. And I think that we've actually missed something in this discussion in terms of the questions, the, the folks who ask the questions first. Um, I think that it goes beyond, and I'm sure many of the youth know this, uh, it goes beyond simply saying that we will uh, target youth and we are for youth and by youth, but actually implementing. And there are certain things, so the priority
priority should have gone to, I can't remember her name, but the priority should have gone to the youth to ask those initial questions because it is extremely difficult to be in this space and have the confidence to 